So <clears throat> spend the uh, next few minutes next few minutes just noticing how you're sitting, how your your posture you notice the position of your back is your spine straight is your spine curved or in a <coughs> unstable position where you may fall forward so you just double check your sitting posture the chin is slightly tucked in and your spine is elongated as if you were reaching up towards the ceiling from the top of your head. Then you may want to check the kind of mood you are in. Are you tired? Are you sleepy? Are you grumpy? Are you in a peaceful mood? Happy mood? Or do you feel a bit sad? Or is your mind busy just thinking about what you plan to do tomorrow? So bringing consciousness onto those things, <clears throat> making it conscious, enable your chitta, your mind, just to To see if you are really um, attached or clinging or holding to these things or if you can allow them to go. When you bring things, whatever object it may be in conscious in a conscious place in yourself, conscious space, then you lose the fear you have about these things and the habit of clinging or holding on to unconscious things. As soon as they become conscious, you liberate them, in other words. So it's really worth checking. If you're in a bad mood, you make it conscious and it has much less power than it would if it wasn't conscious. or depressed mood, or grumpy mood, as soon as you make it conscious, it has already lost the power to delude you. 
You use your meditation object as a way to counteract the tendency of the mind to be floating in all directions, reacting, pushing things away. You you start sort of tying it, tying your mind, tying that mind space to a object of meditation that helps it to just finally bow down to stay present. Bowing down to just, okay, I'll stay here. So this is a way a meditation object can be used mainly to help your mind to stay present And once you establish this presence, quality of presence in the here and now, then you just listen in the inwardly you listen to the mind, to the body in a very gentle and soft, kind way. It's like making friend with yourself. Say caring, you're caring for your body, for your mind. And to care for your body and mind, you need to find out what's going on. You might find out that nothing is going on, just peacefulness and tranquil and Notice if the demons of sleepiness is overtaken your chitta. <laughs> the sweet demons of sleepiness. As soon as you make it conscious, it lifts up and the body lifts up with it together. And you might have to lift it, lift it up a few times because it just goes back into a sloth and torpor mode. Imagine if there was no yesterday and no tomorrow. If you can bring that up in your mind, see what happened. 
no yesterday, no tomorrow. Just now. Notice where your attention is at this moment. Where are you putting your attention on? Don't put your attention to in a too narrow um, spot. Keep your attention quite open and broad. Relax. In the same way, you can look at the at the sea and feel these expanses of awareness. In the same way, when you look at your body and mind, keep your awareness expanded. Do not tighten it, otherwise it can be counteractive. Check your posture. Are you aware how you're sitting, how you are breathing? Whether you have any pain or any tension in the body? Notice your posture. Is your spine in the right position or is your spine bent over? If your mindfulness is present, you should know the difference. Otherwise, it means you're not really mindful. Mindfulness of the body is very important when you sit. to know the body sitting. Otherwise, it's very easy just to fall asleep. To get into a kind of torporous state of mind. So paying attention to the posture, notice 
Is your back upright? Is your chin upright? That's a great asset for your mindfulness practice. Noticing the body. The feeling in the body. The sensation. So you can continue with walking meditation. Hmm? Make sure you have some warm clothes on you. Those who want to do it indoors, you can do it indoors. We do walking meditation until 7 o'clock when the breakfast will come. And you continue with your dedicating, caring attention rather than developing a stiff method. Yeah, it's a nice way of approaching it, isn't it? You're kind of uh, bringing all these beautiful qualities in your mind and heart. So, good to remember that. <laughs> it's not just dukkha, dukkha. <laughs> dukkha is a medicine. So, you, dukkha is something. Medicine can be really bitter. In fact, the Chinese tradition, Master Wa, they say, um, uh, um, like bitter. Do you, do you remember what Master Wa said about bitter medicine? Happy mind. Anyway, this Chinese master, who is a was a good friend, he's passed away now. You know, it's the Chinese are very tough in their practice. You know, so he just said, you know, basically, you know, if you want a happy mind, you have to bear with bitter medicine. I'll check it for you if I can find it. <laughs> and a medicine is like. Huh? Oh, well, that's kind of Theravada. I'm just trying trying to say what Master Hua used to say about bitter and sweet. <laughs> but it's the same thing, isn't it? So to endure suffering, to come to the end of it. <laughs> 